day and it's so funny because we've been talking about this this topic thing how I just don't let people know what the topic is and so I am in the I'm super super excited so let me let me back up welcome to praying and preaking with your girl Georgette aka the preaker and I'm excited because I have the pleasure and honor of sitting down with none other than Crystal Bernay. She is in the building today. And so I don't know, y'all, this is my second interview, like I said, today. And she got the red lip popping too. Like my first person <laughs> had, to, I usually don't even say that because, you know, of course we don't drop the interviews on the same day, but I had to, I had to say it because it's like they both came in with this red lip popping. I think I need to go get some red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what we was doing, so I came prepared. <laughs> That's what she said. She said, no telling with Georgia. You got to be prepared at all times. So, all right. Well, Crystal, welcome. I'm going to go ahead before we get started. Let me back up. I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Then the next voice you will hear will be Miss Crystal Vernay. She's going to introduce herself, tell you a little bit about who she is, what she does, and Crystal has no idea what the topic is either. So I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come right now, first and foremost, God, just thanking you, Father God, thanking you, thanking you, thank you. I do not take it for granted that Crystal has cleared her busy schedule to come and sit down and chit chat with me today on praying and preaking. Lord, I ask that we just have a time of laughter, love, fellowship, collaboration, Lord God. Let it go wherever you see fit, Father God. May it help one person, two people, whoever it needs to touch, Lord God. May they hear, may they learn, may they be inspired, encouraged, whatever it is from this um, this podcast, this conversation, Lord God. We thank you, we honor you, in your son Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. All right, Crystal, amen. so- and now I'm going to leave it up to you. So you get to share who Crystal Vernay is, whatever it is you want to let the people know. And yeah, I'm going to be quiet on that one. So whatever you want to share. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, so first and foremost, thank you so much, Georgia, for having me on the show. And y'all, she's not lying. I don't know what we're talking about. So um, <laughs> I was literally searching through my emails trying to find it before I before I logged on. Like, wait, what are we talking about again? But anywho, <laughs> um, I'm Crystal Renee. I am a serial womanpreneur. Um, I have um, had the pleasure of knowing Joe Jeff for I don't know how many years, but um, at this point. Um, but I own four businesses, and um, I'll tell you a little bit about each one and then a little bit about myself. Um, so... I own Divas and Dolls Fitness. That's my baby. Um, it's my brick and mortar business here in the DMV area. It's in Temple Hills, Maryland. It is a um, pole sensual dance and fitness studio. Um, and I've had that business for almost seven years now. Um, and then I have Star Central Wild that is 
the sister brand to Divas and Dolls Fitness. It is a sensual aerial dance brand where I focus on circus arts and performance. Um, and then I have Simply Sheep. Simply Slay Hard Every Day. That is my the name of my podcast and also my business as a coach, an empowerment and business coach. Um, and then Crystal Vernay is my fourth business and it's my personal brand as a speaker, author, and a coach. Um, I've been, I guess I've had the entrepreneurial bug for pretty much as long as I can remember, but my first business I started when I was 16 years old um, and I was selling designer bags on the internet, on eBay. I had an eBay store, y'all. Crazy. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> um, and then, you know, kind of from there, you know, I went to college. I have an engineering degree. So engineering background. I didn't go into engineering. Um, I went into sales and marketing. Um, and then I went into government contracting um, and did operations there for many, many years. Um, and so I, you know, specialize in large scale service delivery there. And I've always and I've had my business always been a side hustler. Um, I did a stint in financial services at one point. So I was a financial planner. I did insurance. So I've done um, quite a bit of things. But ultimately, where I see myself is just being a serial womanpreneur, um, someone who's um, motivational and an empowerment for just women as a whole. Mm, cool. Can you go back and talk about the sister? I think, I don't know what happened. I, and so I just want to make sure we got it for the sister um, business for Divas and Dolls because I kind of heard the the audio do something crazy. So Sensual, can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, Cirque Sensual, that is the sister brand to Divas and Dolls Fitness. Um, that brand is about two, oh, yes, two years old now. A little, well, two over two years old now. Um, and that focuses on circus arts and performance. Um, so if you're familiar with Circus Olay, you're familiar with the hoop, also the aerial hoop, also known as Lyra. We do acro chair, we do flexibility and contortion, and we also do pole with that brand as well. Cool, cool, cool. So I know typically when Crystal and I share a space, we're talking about entrepreneurship and business. And we're going to touch on that a little bit, but that is not what my topic is today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it ties into that, but as I was really, um, I got, I just got this topic yesterday. When I tell y'all, like I literally just, just let God lead me and trust me. I mean, trust him and say, okay, God, uh, you know, tomorrow I got this interview. Like, I mean, you haven't given me anything. And I really wait for him to kind of download stuff. And of course it's going to tie into who you are now, but my topic today is called living in the shadows. And what does it look like when you find your light? That is what he gave me to talk about with you, Crystal. And, you know, we, you, you can go as deep as you want. You can go, I, I leave that up to the guests and I just give what, what he gives me. And, but that's what I heard. And so, because when I look at you, I, you know, I know a, a lot of your story. I'm sure there's some things that I don't know as well, but when I see you, I just see light and I, I know what you do for women and I know, um, standing in what you do can be difficult. I mean, you know, I, I coach women as well. And, 
this journey isn't easy, but like when I see you and when I've been in your presence around the other women at the studio and just what you bring to them, like, it's just, I'm getting emotional. Like, and I'm not, I haven't even started. Like, it's just, when I think about when you had your five-year anniversary at Divas and Dolls and just all of the accolades and what the women were saying and how you've transformed and truly helped so many women. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's what I see when, you know, when I see you is just light and hope and that's, we need that right now. Like we need that so much. And so that's what I see. But when you hear the, and I wasn't even supposed to go on that, but I, that just came. So <sighs> Sometimes it does, you know. It is. Yeah, I just roll with it. I roll with it. So with that being the title, I mean, when you hear that, what comes to your mind when you hear that title? Um, well, the first part of it really was like it hit me. I was like, <laughs> like, bam. <laughs> like, um, so living in the shadows, I think that actually accurately describes a lot of a good portion of my life thus far because that's what I was doing. Um, and for those who don't know my story, um, so I'm a survivor of two narcissists. And I say that um, because I, you know, I feel like at this point, I've kind of been able to overcome that, those obstacles in my life and continue on and handle them as they, you know, as those challenges arise or as they may come, I'm no longer affected by that. But my ex-husband was one. And my mother was another. Um, and so when you hear that one of your parents, you know, people don't like to think or um, talk about or even, they can't even conceptualize what it might be like to live that sort of life. And that, that's kind of the uh, reaction that I get. People always tell me no. Like when I tell them that my mother is a narcissist, my mother's still living. She's still here. And I still speak with her from time to time. Um, but you know, the, the, the first reaction is always no. And I think part of that is spiritual in that, you know, honor thy father and thy mother. Right. So it's kind of like, nobody can really conceptualize what that might be like. And so they don't even want to think about it and I must be wrong. Um, so I let, I lived with that for a very long time where, you know, people did not believe me. Some of the things that I was experiencing and still, and quite frankly, still continue to experience as an adult up until quite recently, actually. Um, and then with my husband, again, it was, are you sure? No, like that can't be what it is because people always have, they have that version of your life, what it looks like on the outside, what it looks like to be you in the limelight, what it looks like when you're out in the public, but not realizing like there's a whole other side that's happening behind closed doors. And people aren't made privy to that. And so for me, um, that's definitely taught me that like, I know that there's always more to, to a person's story than what they share outwardly. <clears throat> and you people want to talk about being authentic, especially when it comes to being authentic online and that sort of thing. But I always know there's always more to the story than, um, than meets the eye. And living in the shadows is a, is a hard life. A hard life. It's a sad life. It's a lonely life. You know, that was where I was for a very long time. And though it may not have seen that way, um, the best thing that I did for myself was actually believe that I was strong enough to be on my own and strong enough to be my own person and that 
I didn't need the validation from others. And I think that's where we get trapped in that darkness because we look for um, we look for the validation of others and we don't trust in the one person that matters, which is God. You know, I was I was scared to walk out on faith. I was scared to to challenge what was being told to me, being taught to me and how I was living. And I just took it and I tried to have peace because that's really what all I wanted was peace in my life. And so um, in doing so, I was not living my life. I was living other people's lives. People were living vicariously through me. Um, and I just wasn't able to hold on to my own peace and have my own sense of wholeness. Um, and so I felt like I lost a bit of myself in that darkness, but thank God, um, that I was able to find myself once again and put those pieces back together. And although, um, you know, we see, oh, like, you know, you may appear broken or things may be broken, broken things or things that appear broken or have cracks still function. Amen. Mm, So um, I think that, you know, that actually made me, made me who I was really, or who I am today. And I continue to evolve, but, you know, living, living in the shadows was that like hit me. Cause I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what I did. I didn't want people to know of what I was experiencing. I was so embarrassed, so afraid because again, outwardly I was living this life that people maybe would have aspired to have. And that wasn't my truth. And so, you know, I'm really big on living your truth. And if it's not, if it doesn't resonate with you, if it doesn't resonate with your core values, it's not for you. And so that's how I've moved forward um, in my life to find my light is that if it doesn't resonate with my core values and who I am and where I'm going, then it's not for me. And if it is for me, God will show me the way in which it, in which maybe taking part in that thing or having that business opportunity or having that friendship or relationship would be for me, that it would resonate with me, resonate with my core values and also allow me to, you know, walk in my purpose and get closer to him. But if it's not, mm. then we, then I stay away. That's it. <laughs> so right. mm. that was a real long answer. No, I mean, I'm we, we're here for it. It's my podcast, so I can. That's why I love podcasts, because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, but someone, I mean, there's so much truth to that, and it's so funny because I'm like, wow, I just my my first interview was kind of you know the the title of the book that she wrote was called Fake, and it, I mean that's basically what what it's about, you know, these women who are or faking it, you know, and faking until they make it. And so you t- said something that actually sparked another question that I didn't even have on here. And so h- how did you find the courage, though, to like step out? And you-, you spoke of your core values. And can you just explain a little bit of what that is and maybe share a few of your core values that you have to because that can possibly help someone to realize, OK, you know, a, a lot of people don't value themselves and they definitely don't have any core values written down or really even uh, even think about that. And because if they did, then they would get the courage to do what you did. And so, yeah, just speak on that a little bit. And, and, and if you want to share what some of your core values are and how you look at things now and I'll say, OK, yeah, this lines up. And even if it's a great opportunity, because, I mean, Crystal is she has four businesses, like she said. And so how do you keep that? You know, you have to 
keep that core, your core values in alignment because sometimes opportunities do come and things come, but you know, so I know that was two questions in one, but. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I think this is where like, I definitely want to work with women on because I think what gave me the courage was that I had finally had enough. Mm. Um, I was at my breaking point. It was like, no more. I can't do it anymore. And so it was like, I was all, I was at a, like, I thought I was at a crossroads earlier, but no, now I was, I was at the cliff. Like, (laughs) I just could not take it anymore. And not to the sense of I'm talking about suicide, although I had definitely contemplated that at some point. Wow. I had contemplated that because I was just like, what if I just wasn't here? Like those thoughts were creeping in, like just, you know, I, I was just like, it was just too much. It was too much. And I just, I was like, what am I not doing right? What am I not seeing? Like that pressure <clears throat> and people who have had, who have had, or maybe they don't even know that they're being controlled by a narcissist because I didn't know. Um, I didn't know. And I was in therapy. I still, and I, you know, y'all, I still didn't talk to my therapist about a lot of what was going on in my marriage. I talked about my mom. But I was so ashamed that I didn't even like bring that into the fold until late. And so it's kind of like there were still these walls that I had up that I that I wasn't able to break down quite yet, even with my therapist. And so it was kind of like she told me what it meant, but then also I hadn't processed it for myself yet. Like I was still trying to be the perfect daughter. I was still trying to be the perfect wife in the midst of being told that I was the worst wife, the worst daughter. And that, you know, like my mother wanted another child, essentially, Um, that she, you know, she should have had more children because she was disappointed with me. And, you know, just kind of like, but it's not like I heard that once or twice. I would like literally, these are things that I would hear every time I saw her. So like I'm here and I'm seeing her every weekend and she's calling me to tell me these things. So for anybody out there who's listening and who has is going through or who's been through something like that, you are dealing with a narcissist and you have to, first of all, you got to be aware and accept the fact that you are. And then you have to make some steps to uh, sever that relationship. Um, And I learned a lot in this process because my husband would do things like gaslighting and um, he would do the silent treatment. So like not talk to me for like days at a time and essentially make me cry and beg for his attention. Um, and just like do things and not, we not talk about it as a couple, make large purchases, invite friends over. I come home to a house full of people and I'm just like, I wasn't consulted on this decision, buy up stuff. Before I knew it, I was paying like 90% of the bills in the house. Like just, you know, and it's kind of, it didn't happen overnight, but these are, these are things that happened to me. Um, And I didn't realize like over the, over the course of time, I I just was trying to have peace. And so I ignored all that was going on. I just really hope that whoever's listening to me and my story, if you are experiencing something like that, definitely seek the help of a professional. You're more than willing also to reach out to reach out to me as well, because I've studied quite a bit on it because I've experienced it twice. And so it was kind of like understanding too why, 
like why like why why did this happen to me why was why did i attract someone in my life or keep someone in my life but that was what i knew and that was what i was used to so i was used to that treatment it had been indoctrinated in me from a, a little girl so i went seeking for that treatment i went seeking well of course nobody seeks to be treated badly but in the sense of unconsciously or subconsciously like that was familiar to me right so realizing that and now having to break the pattern, break the cycle and start anew um, was something that I also had to learn, which is one of my core values is I always tell people I like to try new things and that, and I've always liked to try new things, but like really embrace that. Like I like to try new things, um, of course, that are safe and, you know, bring me joy and um, align with what I want to do. But Always finding time for the things that make me happy as a person is one thing, but um, other other things that like I experienced as a as a child, where I was just like, this is wrong. So like, um, just uh, honesty is definitely a core value of mine. Like honesty, really over everything. If I and trust, if I can't trust you, then that changes the whole dynamic of our relationship. I can work with anybody. That I've that's a learned skill and I've learned how to do that, but that doesn't mean that I trust you. So um, you know, trust is very, very important when relationships when I'm having people close and in my circle. And I talk about having a circle of influence a lot in my coaching program, and that like be careful about the people who you surround yourself with, right? You know, you're the sum of the people you spend the most of your time with. And so um know, knowing that you have to be very, very careful at who you choose to let in that inner circle and who you choose to spend most of your time with. Um, loyalty communication is, is a big core value. So if you fail to communicate, um, if you have a, a difficult time with communication or communicating, um, then, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for me to have you on my inner circle because I'm a straight shooter. You got to tell me like it is. And I want to have that same reciprocity to be able to tell you like it is because we're that close I wouldn't want someone to be close to me. And I see like if the if the house is burning, please tell and I don't and I don't realize it, please tell me the house is burning so that I can save myself. Like I don't, you know, I don't I've never understood that where you have friends and people around you, they'll let you come to it look like you they'll just watch you go to your demise. They won't say not a thing. They'll know something, say not a thing. So I was like, I don't want people around me that or things around me that would that would cause that to happen. So I think just, you know, always trying to um, I'm a lifelong learner. So that's also one of my core values is that I always want to obtain knowledge. And so, you know, fostering that and having a way for me to learn um, is is like is very, very important. Uh, You know, God is important. So someone, you know, I can't have someone close to me that doesn't believe in God, like not in my inner circle. I'm definitely very um, accepting. So another one of my core values is the acceptance of of all mankind, unless you give me your reason (laughs) not to. So, I mean, I'm accepting of everybody's values and and respectful, right? Mm -hmm. They may not be exactly what I believe, but I'm definitely in huge on respect and respecting what people have to say and their point of view. While we, just because we don't agree, doesn't mean we can't be the best of friends or, you know, be the closest. It's just, we don't agree. We don't agree on this one thing or, or these things, right? Like that happens. Your favorite color might be pink. Mine might be red. I don't know, but 
you know, like that's just a, a, a point of differentiation or something that we just don't agree on. But um, I'm definitely huge on respect. And if I see that people can't respect people, um, don't respect certain like traditions and things, just, you know, just because I, you know, definitely I, I can't, I can't have that be in my life or close to my life. Um, so those are just a few. Um, I have so many more. Um, and I think I feel like, you know, as I get older, I'm like, oh, that's definitely something that I, you know, I can't. And, and they might all sound a little cliche, but I feel like people don't live by their core values. Mm. You know, I just I feel like, you know, it's, it's like trust, honesty, communication and loyalty. That's just like, I mean, basic. Yeah, but people will people will bend and break and they will curve around those values every day, all day. And they'll let people walk all over them. And so that's one of the things that I definitely learned in my journey is that you just got to stick to it. So it's like now if I, I see somebody who they say that this action is big. So you can say what you want to say every, you know, all the time. But if, if I see you doing something, doing the opposite or doing something different, I'm just like, well, you just answered all my questions. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I mean, I just I just watch. I'm definitely like people I say, you're kind of. You might think I'm a little quiet, although maybe not because of all the things that I do, but I am definitely a people watcher. So I will watch what you do. I will watch your actions. And I encourage, I mean, you know, some people, they just kind of fill people out, but I definitely am big on like, if do your actions match your words? And if they don't, then it's just kind of like, it's a mental note to see what happens from here. Um, so, and it's not that I'm like, you know, trying to, I don't know, suss people out or, you know, um, label people. That's not really it at all. But I just feel like you really have to um, have people around you that support who you are and your core values. I've seen what happens when you don't. I've seen what happens when you surround yourself with people who don't, who want you to fail, who tell you that they want you to fail and who don't care what you're doing. So when you're up, if you're an entrepreneur, you're up at, you know, two in the morning filling orders, sending out invoices or doing whatever you got to do, making baskets, whatever it is. I don't know. Right. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But if you're up and you got everybody else, nobody's up with you in the trenches to help you. They're all telling you that you're stupid for staying up, Mm. right? They're not supporting you in your business. They're not helping. Then, I mean, you know, they probably just not for you. So it's like, you got to make a decision. Are they, are they for you? Meaning maybe they're a good friend. They're just not your business bestie. They're not that person who's going to help you get to the next place. Or are they really not for you in the sense that everything they do is negative? So I think people like they have these friends and they've been friends forever and they kind of let, let a lot of things slide. And only later in life when we kind of really get clear on who we are and what we want to do, does it really become a clash and a problem? And it becomes like, you know, that little feeling in the pit of your stomach when something isn't right. And every time you talk to that person, you just kind of get that feeling. Almost feels like acid reflux. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that, that, my friends, is God telling you that this person is probably not supposed to be in your inner circle (laughs) or probably shouldn't be in your life. You have acid reflux when you talk to this person. Whoa. That's a sign, you know what I'm saying? It's a sign. You start itching, you know, <laughs> <laughs> limbs go numb. I don't know. It's probably a sign <laughs> that you shouldn't have these people, this person, or this, <sighs> this thing that you've been doing. It probably isn't for you. So, you wow. know, don't ignore those signs. 
<laughs> don't ignore them. Take heed and make some changes. <laughs> oh man, I wasn't expecting that one. That was wow. She said you start itching. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Woo! I'm gonna start look, I'm gonna start paying attention now when I'm speaking to be normally. <laughs> that is oh, oh my god, that was funny. So uh man, that would threw me off. I forgot where I was going next with that one. That was I was like, wait a minute here. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. That was good. So I'm just going to, I mean, you know, it, it's just, um, I, I was just before I um, came in with the interview, I was like, wow, I realized that the past uh, couple interviews that I've had with women and all of you guys kind of are similar, like, you know, divorced, recently divorced, already divorced. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I just realized, like, what is going on here? But um, it, it it's just, and you all kind of have similar, you know, things. And I was like, wow, I just realized that when I was, um, right before I came on, but I don't want to, I mean, it's not like, you know, we're bashing marriage or anything like that. And so, I mean, do you think that you will get married? And this is another question that I just came <laughs> up with. Do you think you'll get married again? Or like, what's your take on, on where you are now? Like, are you are you open and willing to be married again? Yeah, listen, y'all, I'm not bashing marriage. I think marriage is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I just think it needs things to be with the right person. That's that's the key. Um, I'm definitely open to, to being married again. Um, but at this stage of my life, it's not a requirement. And I think that's the um that was when I was younger, it was definitely like I must like. I must get married. I must have 2.5 kids and a dog with a white picket fence and a nice house. And like, we have to have like two or more nice cars. Like there, you know how, like when we're little Mm -hmm. girls and we like plan out our lives, right. With the little, what's it called? Game with the paper, the the mash. You you ever played that game with mash and you follow the paper and it tells you like, (laughs) I feel like like, as a little girl, I know people probably laugh when they listen to this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's okay it's, it's georgia they is the preca they they used to it <laughs> so you know as a little girl that that was you know what i what i aspired you know i had even thought i was like you know what i think i want to be a housewife and y'all there's nothing wrong with the housewife i'm not saying that but this this is like these were the, i was like you know and just i'll just get my degrees and just be fly be a fly housewife and that's, that's <laughs> like that's i mean these are like the things that i was telling myself was it realistic? No, because that's not what I really wanted to do. But it was kind of like, I feel like we're raised in such a way, hmm. even, even today, where what you see on TV, you're like, if you show your children, this is what women should be. This is this is the path that they're going to take. That is ingrained in them. So I'm definitely going to do something a little bit different, you know, when and if I have children. But I, I'm definitely open um open to marriage. I think that one of the things that I, I've learned is that there were some things that I should have done to better prepare myself mm. for embarking on that journey to be tied to somebody. Um, and, you know, my mom wasn't married, so it wasn't any knowledge she could have passed on to me. But I think as as someone who like has something to lose and in today's world, because women 
especially women of color, we're starting businesses at, you know, a rate faster than ever before. We're working and we're taking care of the household. We're getting these, you know, high paying jobs. We're owning property. We're starting businesses. We're doing just so much stuff, just women in general. So why wouldn't we protect ourselves like men? I mean, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we look to have a prenup? Why wouldn't we make sure that our assets are secure, that our our funding, our, our finances are in trust, and that if we have children prior to the marriage, making sure that our children that we had outside of that marriage that we're now embarking on or whatever, whatever they're taken care of, and that all of our ducks are in a row. Like, why wouldn't we want to protect what we what we have now and also in the future? So I think that's the conversation I didn't have that I didn't really think about um, then. Cause I think then the only thing I had, I think I had just bought a house when I was met, when I got married. So I didn't have, my businesses weren't quite, they weren't there. Although I always had aspirations of being an entrepreneur. Like I think I started my business, like maybe in a year or a little bit of a year after I got married. So um, it was, um, Although I had been a business owner prior to, so that's not not necessarily the case. But my what I have now, I hadn't started yet. Let's let's say let's say it that way. Um, I didn't have the conversation with the financial planner, with anyone, to say to know the consequences and really what it means to be married. Because it's not just about we love each other, we plan this big day, and you know, we just go forth and live happily ever after. There were some things that I didn't consider, like the fact that our relationship wasn't a hundred percent prior to walking down the aisle. Mm. And so I, I talked to women a lot about that and that like, why are you married? Why are you getting married? Like literally, do you know why? Is it like, is it because y'all been together for so long? Is it because you have kids together? Or is it really truly because you've talked, you've sat down, you've decided that you love each other and you want to forge ahead, build a life together, be, you know, build, build something and be greater than you are now, right? Leave a legacy for those who come after you, not just because you dated and now you think the next logical step is to be married. Like that's not, that's not a reason to be married. Like, do you, do you pray together? Do you go to church together? Is God even in, does God even exist in your relationship right now? as it is today. Um, and so, and if it doesn't, you have to ask yourself those questions and like, how are you like, you know, in my, cause my opinion, marriage is, you know, while it is, a, it's, a, it's a legally binding contract, but it's also, a, you know, an obligation that you set forth before God. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you, you have to be secure in, in both of those things. And I think, one of the things in that, you know, kind of dawned on me is that like back in the day, marriage was not a legally binding contract. You just, you just agreed. You were married, got some rings and that's it. Everybody in the village knew you were married. That's it. That's all. There was no, and I mean, and at that time too, I mean, women really weren't considered, you know, we didn't really have rights. Right. So um, it wasn't, it wasn't like it is today. And now the just how the justice system is set up, it's really not for women. I'll just I'll just say that, especially women who have assets. So for me, it's kind of like going in with basically going in woke to the situation this time. It's like, okay, 
So I have like, you know, um, new expectations for my partner, new expectations for what my life will be like and new expectations for pretty much how, how things will evolve in the marriage. So I just, I look at marriage now, just, I've also added on the, the lens of it also being a, like a, a business agreement in a sense. Um, and I wasn't thinking about it like that before. I just was thinking about the big day, the pretty dress, and we're going to live happily ever after. We're going to have some kids and it might be hard, but oh, well, that, that's it. You know, it's kind of like, that's it. And so I wasn't like really thinking about all the different things that come into play when you, when you do marry someone. So um, I would just tell women by, you know, whoever could listen to this, that um, do that research, do that, do those steps for yourself, like understanding what the law is in your state, understanding like what you have and if certain things happen, you know, how it might evolve. But definitely, surely, if you're not sure about your relationship before marriage, it's probably not a good idea to embark on that journey until you get counseling and until you get sure. Because nothing's, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of people get married with the sense of that it's going to fix their relationship. If they could just get married, their relationship will be fixed. And like, it doesn't work that way. Like the relationship should be strong. You should have that trust, that communication. Um, you should have that loving bond and you should, you should, you know, um, have God in your relationship before you even walk down the aisle. And if you don't, this, it's not going to change just because you exchanged rings and put on a dress. Mm. So I just, I, I, you know, I really want to, um, because I know that we, I have this debate with friends all the time. They're like, well, just because you're divorced, you know, you, you like, you're hating on people who want to get married. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just telling you like it is, you know, that nobody, nobody is going to tell you the, the truth. Marriage is hard. You know, it's work. Um, and so I think, but you, over time you learn how to work together. And, but wouldn't it be fantastic if you learned, if you had those tools and were equipped beforehand? Like, wouldn't it be amazing? Like, wh what would be different other than the fact that you had an outward sign that you were together? Mm. Right? Mm. Oh, that's, <laughs> I was like, whoo, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know, well, yeah, I'm just going to leave that one right there. <laughs> I had another question on it, but I didn't forget. I mean, I mean, I, that's real talk. I mean, I think a lot of people, like you said, um, don't get into the root of that thing. And, you know, I, I, I'm i on um, marriage number two. And so, and we've come, we're, we're coming up on 23 years though. And so Yay. it's, I See? know, right. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all, marriage is beautiful. So it does, it does work. You know, and but no, it's, it is. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of sacrifice um, on both parts. I'm not saying, you know, and and all of those things that you said, you have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to have those conversations. And so, yeah, it, it is. And and I love love. So that's why, you know, and I've just been really blessed. But I always laugh and joke and say that my my husband was designed just for me because I know I'm a lot. I'm a lot. It, I pray for him because it ain't even because, <laughs> yeah, it's me. I know it's me. And I just be like, Lord, pray. Oh, poor man. Poor man. 
but he was designed just for me because yeah i'm a whole lot all right well thank you for that crystal i i mean it's you know it's like you said it's about being open honest and transparent and you know it falls you you take what you need and 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 then keep moving but i love that you know people will be honest and tell you and that you can let people know. And then, you know, sometimes we just have to learn the hard way. And then we come out on the other side and like, well, somebody would have told me that. And so now here it is, somebody telling you that. And so take what you need from that and then, and utilize it. Like you said, you know, what's in your tool bag? Like, you know, utilize all the tools and the knowledge that, that is given and provided for you. And so, all right, so I want to switch this up a little bit, and it's still kind of in the same thing. So as you guys know, Crystal said that she has a fitness studio, Divas and Dolls, and I just want to kind of, my question is, how with this, um, you know, of course, sex and pole dance studios, fitness studios, is always a little taboo and all of that. And when it comes to, you know, church and just all of those things. And I, I want to know, you know, how do um, women find their true inner um, selves, you know, emotionally, physically, and sexually? Um, because these are topics that people don't want to talk about. These are things, once again, like we said, that are hidden. And then until you get into it, until something is triggered, that's a, that's a big word now, you know, in coaching, when you something triggers you or mm -hmm. something that you've been suppressing for so long, and now you find yourself in this situation and you don't know why. And so I think it's time that we start having these conversations and helping our sisters, you know, get in touch and to really tap into their inner emotions, like I said, their physical and the sexuality. And so how, and, and why is it important that we do that? Um, well, like you said, I, I feel like it's another shadow topic. People are living in the shadows. Um, so I think, what I would describe it is, is a journey and everybody goes on their own journey when it comes to their sensuality. Um, and I'm really big in, in exploration. So a lot of times when women come to the studio, they have not, it's, it's very interesting because a lot of people have not yet explored that side of themselves. Like, you know, they may have had some sexual partners and, Maybe married, maybe not. But as far as like being comfortable with even looking at themselves in the mirror mm. is difficult. Um, it's like, I'm so awkward. Says who? Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, who said you were awkward? And maybe that was just something that maybe like, you know, friends or family, you know, we can be the cruelest to each other. I feel like, um, you know, for no good reason, really, really for no good reason. But just things that we've, we've internalized or heard, like you, you're shaped funny. Um, you know, you, this looks, this looks awkward on you. We, we internalize all of these, um, negativities and we kind of hold that. And so that I feel like makes it hard in itself to explore who you are as a woman, your sensuality and be comfortable in your own skin. 
it took me a long time. You, you know, weight is definitely one of the things that I've struggled with um, my entire life. Um, and so, and a lot of women do too, a lot of women of color do too. Um, and so, which is another reason that I started my studio because I was just like, there's got to be a better way, right? To, for me, there's got to be, I'm always like, there's got to be a better way. Like <laughs> who came up with this and there's got to be a better way, right? So um, I feel like it makes it difficult when we when we hold on, we internalize all of those negativities as women. And so when we have the opportunity to let our hair down, we can't. It's like, it's still, it's kind of like you walk in there with your hair in a bun and it's like, let your hair down and swing it. You're like, nope. My hair ties too tight. I can't take it out. <laughs> like it's like it's like that that type of situation. Um, and so that's why I love like pole and sensual dance because it's so freeing. And there, there's a transformation that happens. Literally, we always we always joke in that people come fully clothed, as did I. I had on like you know whole like a whole sweatshirt and leggings and <laughs> you know <laughs> like coming to class because I didn't want to take off anything. And then. After a few weeks, you're like, let me just put on these fishnets and this thong and these heels and this crop top, and I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but literally, this is how it happens. It's a whole All transformation. Right, but what it does, it's not just in part of that, too, is it's holding the space. And so, um, I hold the space for people to do that. So I created that space for people to be able to do that. I'm big on holding the space for people and other people. And so we, us holding the space for each other as women will make it a safe space for people to do that. Right. Cause it's kind of like, if you don't have the space or you're not, it's not celebrated or it's don't talk about it type of thing. You're not, you're not going to want to explore it. It's going to be a bad thing. Um, and you're never going to get a chance to fully see who you are through that because your most sensual self is, is your, it's you like you is in yourself. Right. So it's you. So you need the opportunity to be able to explore that, but all, all parts of yourself, right. And get to know yourself really, really well. And I feel like the pole studio and sensual dance really allows you to do that and allows you to really live in your divine feminine, even if it's just for an hour or two, because a lot of women don't get that opportunity. We have work, we have school, we have kids, we have businesses, we have all all the things, and we're juggling a lot. Um, and sometimes men, they just got to juggle work. Real talk. They just come home and the house is clean, the kids are fed, they play with the kids for like 30 minutes, and it's bedtime, right? Um, I, and I see that all the time, not to knock the men. I know that there's some stay-at-home dads, so I'm not trying to, you know, not trying to ruin y'all shine. Y'all get some yes. shine, too. But we give y'all some shine to stay at home, dad. <laughs> but just you know, or or dads that also share that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Not knocking y'all. I'm just saying that a, lo- a lot of times, and what I see, women are still taking on all the things, um, and so it's it's hard. I know my mom never talked to me about sex. It was just like, don't have it and don't get pregnant. That's it. That's all. There was no talk. <laughs> there was literally no. There was literally no talk about it. Like none. Just kind of like mm-hmm. an assumption. I guess we assume that since I'm married now, I'm having sex. Like that's kind of like <laughs> that's kind of how that went um, in my house. So I don't know how it happened in your house, but that I mean, but but seriously, how do you explore your sensuality, your sexuality? You have to do it in private, and like, how do you even do it? No one has the conversation and kind of talks to you about it. So I feel like giving people an outlet to be able to do that is is the most important. And what does it create? 
Why is it important? It creates balance, balance in your life. So like no one, whether they're male or female, should be too masculine or too feminine, right? It's all about creating that balance in your life. And y'all, I went to the woo-woo side. I'm also a Reiki master, y'all. So forgive me, but there's, there's, <laughs> there is a, there is a, a, a balance that should be had between the feminine and, and the masculine. And sometimes as women, especially if we're, I've, what I've seen with um, single women, single parents uh, who also work, we have to go more, we have to dial up more of our masculinity because we're in these high powered jobs where we are in leadership roles and we unfortunately have to take on that masculine trait all day. And so sometimes we kind of lose some of our, you know, our feminine. And it's important. And so much so that we forget ourselves. We're so tired. We don't take care of ourselves. So we lose our creativity. We lose our ability to just be free and let loose. And your husband wants you to be sexy. And you like, I'm tired. My feet hurt. Just rub them. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, like I'm tired. You want me to be sexy? Here, I took off my sock. This is the sexiest we're going to get tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> look my sock is off look at that you can see my toes yeah um but you know oh, to keep the spark because we want to you know we do i like i said i love people getting married and getting engaged you want to keep that spark and being in good relationships yes that indeed. Spark, you know what i'm saying you got to explore your feminine side you got to like you know dance you got to tease you got to like be able to do all these different things and to do that, you got to be able to explore your your feminine side once in a while. You got to maintain that balance. So um, that was a long answer again, but um, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's how you do it, and that's that's why it's important holding the space for yourself, and um, then making sure that you don't you don't lose yourself in in the day to day of life. And mm. um, you know, practice makes perfect. So practicing, right? Not just doing it like one time out the year. You took this class or you like, you know, this did something for yourself that, you know, was central, like you should practice all the time. So yeah. you get off, getting off my soapbox now. Off my so- <laughs> <laughs> you can tell she owns the fitness studio. No, I'm only joking. No, but it's important. And you touched on something that kind of leads me into the next thing, because I think it's all of these things of how we're how we're raised, what we're taught. And so it's like, you know, how do we now educate and break down the barriers of the sexual myths, you know, that uh, we were taught as little girls? Because, you know, when like you said, when you are a little girl and, you know, our generation, because we're around, I think I'm older than you, though, but still in that same generation that you know, um, you know, that sex is nasty or, I mean, all of these things that, I mean, I don't know my conversation. Oh my goodness. I can't, I I can't even really say what my mom said, but (laughs) 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 yeah. Um, it was true though, what she said, but basically she said, once you start having it, you never stop. Like that was my sex conversation. Okay. <laughs> but that's not why. I mean, but she used some other choice words because my if everybody that know my mom, like she just, yeah, she just and so that was really, I mean, and that was it. And to be quite honest, you know what? I, I 
wow, I just, that is um, why I believe, you know, I got married at 17 because, you know, I had always been in the church and I had always gone to church. And so for me, it was like, you know, to have sex with this person, I have to be married. And, you know, I, I beat myself up because, I mean, we did have sex before we got married. And it was like, I was so... Um, and, and yes, I know the Bible says you are to save yourself for your, but I wasn't mature. I shouldn't have had, maybe at first, maybe I shouldn't even have sex. That's what it is because my mind was so, but I just was not in a space, like you said, to, to, you know, I had so many conflicting things in my head and that, yes, God would have forgiven me for having this premarital sex, but it was so much pressure. Like we said that we put on ourselves and so many stories and so many things that we tell ourselves and to not have the conversation or really not to have someone to turn to led to other things, you know? And so, you know, how do we educate ourselves now? And of course my journey is my journey. And I had to go through the things that I went through, um, to get to where I am now. And it's cool. But if we can help somebody, like we said, like, how do we come away from that? Because I think it does more detriment than it does good, you know? And it's like, that's what it's all about. Like when you know better, you do better. And so, mm-hmm. It's, it's just so, so important because people do hide and then they, and, and then that's why it's so taboo and why it's so, and then you feel bad about yourself because of certain things. And it's, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a whole nother pod. We could do a whole topic <laughs> on that, but we yeah. could. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely could. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if I know the, the answer, but I do believe that we do, we have sex education, you know, and I guess, what is it? They start in the elementary school and then like, I guess <clears throat> you could do it in the middle of high school. I, I forget how it works now. So forgive me. I don't know. I think it's mm-hmm. elementary, but yeah, they start would, in elementary school now. What I would argue that it needs to be more, um, how do you say it? Not inclusive, but more well-rounded if we're going mm-hmm. to educate, um, everybody on like because sex education is really just about the mechanics it's not about anything else it's not about like um like emotions like feelings that you may be feeling Mm. it's it's not about anything mental so any type of psychological things that you might be going through um and it's just not about there's no options (laughs) like it's just this is how this these things work don't do it because it makes babies. Like that's literally the message. <laughs> that's the message that we. Oh, that's the message that I grew up with. I don't know what they teach the kids now. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's that's kind of like the message. And then for somebody, I got my um, my cycle when I was nine. Me too. And oh God, it sucks. It's like it's the worst. It's like you're so young. You like it's like and for for those of y'all who like got your period in like you know middle high school you know you're lucky first of all because it's like only like two or three girls in the whole class that got to carry their little purse with them to to school so that in itself is like humiliating in a sense Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like we all know what's hat like you think everybody knows nobody's paying attention because nobody else in the class got it (laughs) like (laughs) it's like you know it's like one one of those things but like there wasn't any type of like 
psychological because I definitely thought I was dying. It was like this whole situation, y'all. I thought I was dying. I was like, I'm about to die. Like, I'm going to be dead tomorrow. <laughs> dead tomorrow. Like, just I'm saying goodbye to people. Like, it is terrible. <laughs> and my grandma is like, it's going to be okay. I was like, but it's not. It's not going to be okay. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me. Like, just, I mean, that's that's literally just about the mechanics of it. Like, and I, and could, but just to put that in perspective for people. Imagine what happens when you have sex for the first time and you think you love the person. Like, there's just all these things that, like, go, you know, go into sex and, like, your sensuality. And, like, we're not even taught, like, how to explore the divine feminine. There are exercises. I mean, it's, it's for adults, right? But it's, like, how to, like, raise your vibration and how to live more in your divine feminine. Like, be creative. Be in nature. Why do I know this? Because I'm a Reiki master, y'all. So I got the, I've like got the woo-woo side, um, mm-hmm. you know, prayer, but meditation, um, all those things that help like the, call up and build up your sensuality and like build that side of yourself. Nobody, nobody teaches that unless that's already a part of your family and teachings that are passed down to you. So I would say, I think it needs to be, if we're, if we're thinking about it, I don't know who needs to hear it, but I think it needs to include some more stuff rather than here's how it works and don't do it. That's that would be my like my first English. I think we have a lot less almost like PTSD kind of mm. when you think about it. It's like PTSD around your sensuality and sex. A lot of people have that because mm-hmm. sometimes people's first sexual experience is not pleasant. Yes. They might have been assaulted. Like there could have mm. been there's all these things that especially women, I'm not saying men don't don't experience it too, but women go through more so than men um, that like haunt us and surround us when it comes to sex and our sensuality. And so that could also be playing a role into why we are afraid to explore that side because it's, it's bad because look what happened to me type of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's a very complicated um a complicated subject matter, but I but I just think we got to start with we got to do better than what we're doing today. Yeah, that's good. That I mean, hey, that that might be um, that might be something that we need to collaborate on because now as I mean, it is it gets deeper and deeper, and it's so it's like an onion, I guess you would say, like you know, and the more you peel, the more layers you have because there is so much, you know, and we don't want to negate like you said like someone may be sexually assaulted like it's just so many layers to this thing and but I think that we we need to have these conversations and that we need to educate people and not saying that our opinions are that we know the all of the answers but it's still a topic is still an area that needs to be explored and expressed. And it's all about healing. That's what that for me, that's why I'm asking this question because it's about healing. And like you said earlier, even seeking the help that you need. And if you know that this is an area that is not comfortable for you, or if this is something that brings up trauma or triggers something else and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, leads you to doing things that 
you then regret and you feel bad about yourself. I mean, it's just so many levels to this thing that we could get into. And so, yeah, because that just made me stop and, and, and think about, you know, like I said, getting married at 17. And, and I did. And it was because of just so many things that I didn't know. I mean, mm-hmm. and so many things that I wasn't clear on and so many things that, you know, if I would have known some different things, if I was more educated, I probably would have made a different decision, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. Deep. But once again, like I said, in those shadows, because we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to come out because of whatever reason, you know, and I never shared that. As a matter of fact, I don't think I ever shared that with my mom because she did. Why are you getting married? You know, she, she didn't want me to get married and I was just bent on getting married. And I don't think I ever really shared that with anybody, like why I was getting married, even though people were asking me, it just was like, because I love them man. you know, I love them and but like you said, it's more than that. And at 17, what do you know what love is? You don't know what no love is at 17. Are you serious? No. <laughs> and it, it was crazy. <clears throat> but I mean, it was because of all of these things that I had in my head and all of these thoughts and 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 just a whole bunch of stuff. But wow. But I do have to say now, I'm going to give my mom some credit because I, I did have two older sisters. So I did know about, you know, the cycle thing. So I, I'm not going, <laughs> I'm I'm not going, I'm not going to jab my mom on that. So she did tell me about that. But the sex thing, yeah, that, that we, we didn't really have that conversation at all. She was just, once you start, you never stop. And I was like, huh? But <laughs> wow. I was like, wow, mom. Okay, thanks. As I got older, and you know, but it's true. So I, I want to know now um, if we if we can. With, I mean, this has been so deep and enlightened. I'm like, it didn't took off into. I'm like, whoo! Come on, thank you. <laughs> what advice can you give women who are currently living in the shadow? Like, and yeah. Whew. So that is, <clears throat> it's a, it's an easy question, but it, or an easy answer, but it's also a difficult answer because mm-hmm. you only step out when you're ready. And mm-hmm. I think nobody can make you, um, nobody can make you take that step. Although I will say it has become like something of a mission for me to reach my hand on the other side and pull people out. Because I feel like sometimes if we just knew that it was somebody there waiting to receive our hand, then mm. like we would we would go ahead and take that step. But because we're so, it's like, well, what happens? Like literally, I, I knew I wanted to be divorced probably, I don't know y'all, probably at least two to three years before I actually said I want a divorce. Like it had been coming, <clears throat> excuse me, for a long time. But I was afraid and it wasn't because it wasn't because I was afraid or it wasn't because I wasn't financially stable. It wasn't because I didn't like have the wit with the wit about me to be able to move forward. It was just I was just like, well, what's going to happen? Like, literally, that was the only reason. Um, and also just people, of course, finding out that this was happening in my life and I was going to be seen as a failure. And it was a lot of mental things that were going through my head, but it wasn't because I didn't have the tools to get through it. It was just because it was like the what ifs were getting me. And 
if I had somebody there that, that was that could say, this is the process. This is what you do. Don't be afraid. You know, you're going to still feel some hurt. It's going to still be like this. Or don't be afraid to be who you are. Say what you want. That sort of thing is going to be okay. I feel like that I would have stepped out a whole lot sooner. But I think one of the one of the biggest things is that when you're when your inner self, when your intuition says it's enough, it's enough. So don't discount the feelings that you have that something isn't right, um, that maybe something's not for you, you're going in the wrong direction. Like honor your inner knowing and honor your intuition, especially as a woman. Um, our, our women's intuition is a real thing, y'all. So it's, I mean, I know people say, you know, say it jokingly, but no, it's, it is a real thing. And intuition is, is a part of, of you and your divine feminine. So, um, and it's also a gift that God gave you. So just, you know, make sure that you actually use it. And, you know, if, if it feels wrong, you know, and it seems wrong and it's just like, it's not right in your spirit, you prayed about it and it's still, you know, it's just like, Cause nine times out of ten, God is giving you the answer, and you're just ignoring, or you know, you're not listening, or it's not the answer that you want. The answer that you want is that this is still okay, and God is telling you that it's not okay. So He wants you to move forward. He wants you to live a life full of abundance and be your best self, right? And so, if you're not able to do that where you're sitting right now, um, from your from your viewpoint, then it's time to step out of the shadows. Um, so I think don't the the best advice I can give is is don't be afraid and just take the first step. Don't think about all the steps that are in front of you, all the length you have to go, how long it's gonna take to get to where you think you might need to be. The most important thing is that you take the first step and then after you take the first step, you take the next one and the next one. So it can be overwhelming, like to to think about. This is what I have to do, whether you need to, you know, you have an addiction you're fighting, whether you um, maybe you have some type of a, um, a disorder or you're in an abusive relationship or, you know, you're in a job that like is beating you down. No, no matter what it is, you just got to take the first step um, and just know that, you know, if you fall, God was going to be there to catch you or he's going to carry you. So don't don't have that fear um, when you need to make a change in your life and don't let, you know, others around you who may be telling you to stay, stay in the misery and holding you back and pulling you back into the shadows. You just got to release that. Right. They don't have any power over you, especially as soon as you take that first step. Mm, it's powerful. Yeah. And, and, and I, I just want people to be clear that when I ask that question and I'm not talking about leaving your marriage or, I mean, that's not what I know we talked a lot about marriage and that's not what I mean. And so, because I am, I mean, I know what the word says and that we are to be married, but I'm talking about, like you said, and I'm glad you mentioned that, like living in the shadow could be a number of things. Like you said, addiction, um, abusive relationships, eating disorders, um, gambling, uh, whatever it is, there, there's so many things that can cast a shadow over what you're doing. And so please know that, um, you know, I, I just wanted to, I don't know why that came to me, but I just wanted to put that out there because it, it, it could be a number of things. It could be, 
you know, that you've been abused and now you, you know, you're hiding or that, you know, whatever has happened to you that you're just living in a shadow and that you really need help. It could be suicide, thoughts of suicide, like whatever this overcast that has hold of you that like Crystal said, that God is there and he knows, I mean, he knows what you're dealing with and it's that, that fear of the unknown, like that, that's what it is, you know, that, that fear mm -hmm. of what is going to be on the other side. But, you know, I really want people to think about, you know, what's on the side that you're on too. I mean, you know, to be continuing to live in the shadow and dealing with something that's so detrimental to you as a person, so detrimental to you as just being a child of God as well, because he does not want us to live in misery. He does not want us to be in any situation that is not um, of his will, that is not pleasing to him because it says that we are to live abundantly here on earth just as we are in heaven and so I just want people to know that and so that that is what this is all about just letting people know that you know Crystal has made it through to the other side and you know it's just that her situation was from a marriage but it could be whatever your situation is place your your situation in this right now so that you can get the strength and the power and the courage to step out there and, and live your best life because we only get one. Right. <laughs> we only right. get one and it's so much joy and so much, um, you know, it, it's just in a joyous place. Like, you know, that song, the, the, the joy that the Lord gave to me, the world can't take it away. And to really be in that, space is just undescribable. Like it's amazing. And that's all that he wants for you as well. So, all right, well, Crystal, I have to, I always, my, my, I always ask this question. What does prayer mean to you? Ooh, what does prayer mean to me? Um, I think, I'm, so many words just popped into my head. So now I'm, I'm going to try to choose. <laughs> I guess I don't have to choose one, right? I can say all the words. Okay, so. <laughs> Whatever comes to your mind. Um, prayer means salvation. Prayer means peace. Uh, prayer means um, opportunity to speak with God. Like just, um, it's like, um I don't want to say it's like almost like to I use prayer also as my quiet time mm -hmm. in a sense, too, because I meditate. But that's not the same thing as prayer. Right. I mean, you can pray while you meditate. But, you know, when I pray, I that's my that's my quiet time to have my time with God and just kind of talk and, you know, listen as well. Um, Because, you know, I'm listening. I pray, but, I, you know, I, li I listen when I'm praying, but also I listen after listen throughout mm -hmm. the day and. And all those things, but I mean, prayer really just means so much, and it's it's a staple in my life. And um, you know, I don't have to be because I've I've stepped into the light. I don't have to be apologetic about it. Mm. Um, you know, and so it's you know, while while I think, um, and I'm glad you kind of brought that up because I think people envision when you people who pray one way, um. And so, you know, we don't have to look a certain way or be a certain way to be strong 
in prayer and to lift others up in prayer and to believe in God. And so um, I just, you know, for me, like prayer is life. I think I'll, I think I'll, I think maybe I'll, I'll, I'll end with that and that prayer is life mm-hmm. and that it's gotten me through so many different situations because, you know, like I said, we don't always like the answer that God gives, but he always does answer. Um, and so, you know, you just have to, how, whatever his answer is, you just have to be ready to move in whatever direction that that is. And sometimes we, you know, I think that's why we feel like our lives um, are stagnant or stay a certain way. It's like, no, you just didn't move in the way that God told you you should, you were supposed to move. Um, so you keep praying, which is good because, you know, God loves to hear from his children. But I think, you know, prayer is life because that that's that's what allowed me to move. So um I think I'll end with that. Yeah. Faith without works is dead. We can pray. I say that I pray every day, every day on Facebook, but that don't mean I still don't have to work. Like I mean <laughs> we can we can pray all day, but we have to have action. Like we have to have some and like you said, you know, in that quiet time, even as we pray prayer means silence as well. Sometimes it's just going to him and being quiet so that you can hear and, 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 and be able to move when he tells you to move on whatever it is. And so, um, yeah, we, we, it's, it's amazing. And he will lead you, direct you and guide you. And so I I say it all the time, people, you know, joke about like, you're not supposed to question God or ask. And I'm like, well, where does it say that in the Bible? (laughs) <laughs> but then I say, but then I say, however, you can ask him, but you better be ready for what the answer is. Amen. So, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and sometimes he don't answer you right away. And sometimes that answer is that you got to sit there and wait some more. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just be ready when you come to him with those questions. But I, I, I mean, you can ask him a question and I think he, he, he just wants you to come. So he's excited that you're coming. So just yeah. keep coming. I <laughs> <laughs> right, and before we go, I have to. I always do a Bible trivia question. <laughs> Listen, I'm about, to, I'm about to be, I'm about to fail. Tell me I'm about to fail. Listen, I am the slowest person in church. When he like turned <laughs> turn the correct. Listen, I'm like, I'm still turning. Oh my gosh, what are we on? <laughs> I need to use the telephone. <laughs> I need a tablet. Look, it is a it's a look, be like Lawana. Oh my goodness. When I interview Lawana, oh my goodness. Or whenever we do something and I do Bible trivia, like she's like, I'm about to cheat. I'm going to Google. <laughs> Listen, I'm just telling y'all now, Listen. all the pastors that have ever been in your church. When you read in the verse, I'm still turning to the page. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I'm still turning. And even on the tablet, I'm still trying to type it in. Like, what did he say again? What are we on? Wait, I don't see that. This is the wrong version. Oh, my, oh my God. gosh. You say this the wrong <laughs> I love it. So, look, I have met. I listen. I just told. I tell people now. I've made it easier. It's multiple choice now. Before I just used to ask you the question. You had. So now it's multiple choice. So it's a little. And it's not to put people on the spot, 
for me, it's about just having fun and educating ourselves. Cause just like I said on my, to my last guest, I don't know everything in this Bible. Cause so if you turn this thing around and ask me something, I probably wouldn't get it right either. But I mean, but it's about fun and it's about educating. And then guess what? The next time you hear this question, you'll know the answer. And so for me, that's what's most important because I'm all about people, like you said, educating themselves and learning the word and see when you do it in a way like this, you'll remember it next time. Cause you, you was already sweating when I was like Bible trivia, y'all. I swear. I wish y'all could see their face when I say this. It's so hilarious. Okay. I might have to get this podcast from audio, just the video. Like I, I'm gonna have to figure out just so I can show that face when I say Bible trivia. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will make the same face. Yeah. We, we can play this back. We can be on live. I will do the same thing. I'm like, Oh snap. Here we go. I'm gonna still be yeah. turning. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give you the question. It's so funny, too, because I did this on a Facebook Live with someone who is a PK, which is a pastor's kid, and her face was the same way, too. And I'm like, man, it was just every time I say it, I don't care who I say it to. Like, it's so funny. People be like, oh, see, man, I wasn't expecting that, Georgia. Like, why you? where you coming? All right, so. And, and look, the PK, she got some stuff wrong, too. I ain't going to call her out. Uh, I was about to say a name, but I ain't going to call her out. But, yeah, <laughs> she got some stuff wrong, too. So it's all good. Uh, okay, so it's, you you going to get this. All right. Who denied Jesus three times after he was arrested? Who denied Jesus? Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. And the person was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to deny you three times. Okay. So here's your choices. Peter, A is Peter. B is John. C is Simon. D is Thomas. Do, 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 Yes, we got it, Peter. I was like, I was trying, I was, I was like, okay, well, we know it's not Thomas. Like, that's clearly not the answer. <laughs> y'all, if y'all could saw her, I, one eyebrow went up, the other <laughs> went down, she started sweating. <laughs> yes, it was Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. I was he like, told- thinking back to Sunday school teachings, I was like, wait yes. a minute. Okay. <laughs> Like I know, I was like, I think I know who is not. So let's just go with <laughs> process of elimination. Yeah. Yes, he told him he was going to deny him three times before the uh, the 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 rooster or the crow starts. The rooster, I always say, chicken is not a chicken. Doesn't uh, only a rooster crows, I believe. So yes, it was Peter, and you got it right. So see, Yay. it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. You survived the precurs. Bible trivia. So, but Crystal, my sister, my friend, I am so glad that I got the opportunity to sit down with you today and talk about coming out of the shadows and stepping into the light. So, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Please let everybody know where they can find you. Um, I'm telling this lady, she got four businesses, y'all. She, 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 you can find just Google her name, you she'll come up. But, no. but any lasting words you want to give, and just let people know, um, where they can find you, where they connect, because 
I, I know that is so important and I firmly believe in just finding your tribe. And so, you know, there, there are women who are waiting for you and that need you. And I'm all about that because it's more than enough people in this world to um, hold space for and that's what it's about. Like, I'm not about, oh my goodness, she's a coach. I'm, no, it's not about that. Like, it is more than enough room for all of us. And I might not be able to touch the people you can touch and you can't touch some of the people I touch, but it, and it's cool. And so mm-hmm. let people know where you are and how to get in touch with you. And I'm all for, cause look, I'm part of her community too. So <laughs> yes, she is y'all. <laughs> And I'll I be right there. Listen, she be giving classes and stuff. Oh, yep. I need to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, we all have to be coachable. Like I, I'm a firm believer in that. And actually, I sat down with uh with another coach that I met when I was in coaching, Sid Scott, and he said the same thing. Like, I mean, and that's what they tell us. Like, we have to be coachable too. And so I, I, like you said, I'm a forever, uh, like you said, I'm a forever learner too. And if I can learn something from somebody else, then I'm all for it because I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. So if you going to teach me what you know, and I can use it over here, like, cause it is, that's what it's about that we're all winning together. And so I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for the classes that you hold. And when I have the time to jump on in there and, and, and learn something new. So any woohoo, tell them where they can find you at, Chris. All right. So y'all got a lot of handles. Yeah. Try to keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> My personal handle is uh, at Crystal Verne. Just V like Victor E-R-N-E-E. Um, and that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and then my businesses, let's see, Divas and Dolls is at Divas and Dolls Fitness. The and is spelled out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Cirque Sensual is at Cirque Sensual, spell sensual, but you know, it's French. So Cirque Sensual on Facebook as well as Instagram. Simply She. Um, so <clears throat> for Facebook, it's at I Simply She. Um, and then Instagram is at I underscore simply underscore she. So those are all of my handles. And if you miss any of that, you can just go to my website at crystalvernay.com and you can click on my brands and then you'll be led to all of my different pages and social media handles. Um, I think my imparting words for today, I mean, usually I end it with, um, and you two can conquer if you slay hard every day. But I think I'm going to switch it up today. Um, and I'm going to say, which just came to me before I jumped on here, because I really feel led to say um, that God doesn't qualify, call the qualify. He qualifies the called. So mm. like for anybody who is listening and living in the shadows and thinking that no one's going to listen to what they have to say and, and that their story doesn't matter or their skills don't matter or, or you matter. And there's like Georgette said for, to me, I'm saying to you, there's somebody waiting for you. So I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that also listen to um, Georgette's uh, show. So, you know, just some words of encouragement. And even if you're, even if you're not, you're just going through something, you matter. Um, and so, you know, God's waiting for you to give that testimony so that you can help the next person and the next person, and the next person. So, you know, I thought that my story didn't matter. 
Um, and I, I believe that for such a long time. And I'm telling you that you matter and your story matters. So you never know what you say or could say or could be going to say, how that will impact somebody. So just never be afraid. Hmm. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I got anything else to add to that. Like you matter. <laughs> yes, you matter. Yes, prayer matters. Jesus matters. And and I'm gonna just leave that right there with that. But I thank you. And it's so important. So know that you do matter. And so I'm going each and every one of you guys that listen, that hear this and know that you matter and that someone does care about you and someone is waiting for you. Contrary to what you believe, someone is waiting for you. So I just want you to know that today that someone is waiting for you, something that you have. So all right, Crystal, I thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sure I will see you again. We always see each other, support each other, and I, I love it. Even though, listen, y'all, I always make Crystal laugh when I talk about that pole dancing. Woo! <laughs> I thought for that, I'm telling you, it is not a game. So. <laughs> but all right, y'all, as I always say, I thank y'all, thank y'all for tuning in to Praying and Freaking with your girl, Georgette, a K.A. The Preaker, and I am out, like I always say, deuces, and I will see you guys next time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Lord, put your prayers up. Prayers up. Yeah, prayers up. Blessings from the Lord, put your prayers up.